Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six-figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Welcome back to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast, where we chat all things remote work, freelancing, mindset, and financial freedom. This week, I'm very excited to welcome financial literacy and generational wealth building advocate, Shelby Patrice. She is the owner of Budget University, an online platform that educates people worldwide about saving money, tracking spending, and pursuing financial goals. She also manages a hilarious and highly informational TikTok account. You guys have to go check it out if you have not already. Shelby, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Alex. I'm excited. Oh my gosh. I was like, those were some tongue twisters I was just saying right now. I'm like, (laughs) I got to say this three times fast. Yes. Thank you for coming on. So everyone who listens to this podcast, they want to know more about that moment when people left a nine to five or they knew it wasn't going to work for them or they knew they wanted to open their own business. So let's take it back to the beginning. When did you know that you wanted to work for yourself? COVID. I am currently a flight attendant for American and believe it or not, I got furloughed. So when I got furloughed, that's when everything hit the fan for me. And I was just like, okay, this can't be happening. Like this can't be real right now. And so I was at home and I was like, there has to be more to life. Like, like I just, there has to be more than this because it hit me that you can be let go at any given moment. It doesn't matter what you can be the CEO of whatever company or whatever it is. Here I am going to Paris, Barcelona, going to all these places and then shut down. So I'm just like, what am I good at? And whenever I work with people as a flight attendant, I'm on the jump seat and I'm always doing my budget. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, my budget. Oh, we'll do mine. So I was like, okay. So at that time when we got furloughed, people started reaching out to me. Hey, Shelby, do you still do budgets? Can you do my budget? And I was like, yeah, but I feel like with the generation that we're in right now, we need to stop having people do stuff for us and we need to learn how to do it for ourselves. So I was yeah. like budget university because when you go to a university, you're you're being taught something and then you're graduating to apply it. So I was yeah. like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to name it budget university so I can do your budget, take you on as a client, but now I'm going to graduate you and you need to learn how to do your budget yourself. So that's the purpose of it. And I was like, this is a business. So I LLC'd it, I trademarked it. And then I just started adding so much more to it because when I started doing people's budgets, they were like, what about my 401k? Is my credit okay? Can I buy a house? I said, you know what? We're about to cover all avenues at budget. Yes. And that's how I did it. Okay. So now do you do it alone? Because I see on your website, you offer tons of services, like 15 different services. I do it alone. Can you believe it? So no. what I do is that I believe it or not, and this is why I tell people it's so important to believe in your dream. I actually depleted my whole savings account when I was furloughed. And I was like, if this is, I budgeted my money and I took out what I needed that was going to last me for the six months of furlough and yeah. I contact a web designer. And I was like, can you do my website? And he was like, yeah, it's going to be this amount of money. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, 
but this is what you need to do. So I did the website, but what cost me the most money was the fact that I created for each 401k, student loans, credit. I did calculators. I created my own custom made calculators. So when people are able to put in their funds and their stuff, it saves it under their username and everything is there. So Perfect example. If you're like, I was like, I want to buy a house. It's going to ask you, how much do you want to put down for your house? How much do you want your interest rate to be? What is your current credit? Because this is probably what your interest rate is going to be. And it's going to, it's going to put there, it's going to calculate everything for you. This is how much you need to put down. If this is what you want your mortgage to be monthly, but what about your interest rate, your mm-hmm. escrow and all that stuff? It calculates it. And then when you say, okay, I agree to this amount, it's going to send you notifications a month about how much money you need to be saving for your deadline. So it's also going to ask you, when is your deadline? July of 2022. So it's going to say you need to be saving $2,446 every month for you to have your house in July, 2022. So yeah. it holds you accountable. That's amazing. Did you always have like an entrepreneurial feel to you? Did it kind of make sense when it all came together? Okay. So I, I was like, yeah, I, I can see myself working for myself, but I always, I wasn't born. I don't think I was born an entrepreneur because I was yeah. also born like a people person to talk to people. But I okay. feel like I'm like, that is entrepreneurship because you yeah. have to be able to communicate. So now I'm starting to see, and it's all starting to make sense, but yeah. I'm like the business aspect of it is more business, less work. Like I can truly say that I went from flying a lot to now I'm minimizing my schedule. I'm like, oh my God, I'm minimizing more because I'm putting more in the budget and it's making mm-hmm. more. So now entrepreneurship is kind of weird for me because it's like, after I interview with you, I have another interview. I'm done for the day. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So you kind of phased into it almost while well. you still had another job on the back burner. You just, you know, used extra time and resources to mm-hmm. kind of scale this up at the same time. Yes. Okay, I love that because a lot of people will say to me, they're like, I'm too scared to just quit cold turkey and dive into all this. And I always say to them, you guys, you don't have to do it that dramatically. Right. Like, <laughs> you can you can make the time. Did you find like, were you working really late hours and stuff to kind of manage both at the same time? Yes, because with being a flight attendant, you get delays and you get, yeah. um, it's so much stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so I'm taking my computer with me and then I could be on the computer. The next thing you know, and it's like, hey, flight's delayed or hey, we have to have an emergency landing or hey we're gonna have to divert and I'm just like uh in the middle of something and then I get eight hours of sleep behind the door but I'm like I really have to finish up typing this stuff for budget so I was like you need time management and that's another thing like you said you can't just cut cold turkey you Mm -hmm. have to have time management and that's where that's where it comes in at if you have your nine to five cool but make sure you time out your stuff if I'm gonna get home by six o'clock I'm gonna eat dinner I need at least two or three more hours to work on my business. And yeah. that's when the time management came out. Like I've sacrificed, I don't go out on my layovers anymore. I'm literally yeah. in front of the computer just doing what I have to do for budget. You know, and it's like, I try and make that sound nicer to people because they will say like, well, I don't want to sacrifice my dinner. I don't want to do all this stuff. And I'm like, you guys, I don't know what to tell you then because some part right. of this is sacrifice. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Did you say an emergency landing? Because that's my literal worst nightmare, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it, it could be emergency landings can come from anything. Like I've I've had it due to a fact of it being a medical. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It could just be like someone is just super sick and throwing up. On, and I'm like, okay, let's just go ahead and land and get them off. So it could be that way. But yeah. God willing and thank God, I've never had something like mechanical. 
You know, just been someone being sick. Yeah. Oh my God. Me and flying, like I fly, but I hear that when, when people are like, I'm a flight attendant, I'm like, God bless you. Cause I could not do that. Like that's navigate you some dream water girl or some melatonin dream water, yeah. is a little bottle and you take it. I don't know what's in it. And people are knocked out. Okay. You know what? I might need to look into that. Cause yeah. I'm like an anxious mess. Anytime I get on an airplane for no reason, like it doesn't even take off. And I'm like, we're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> I love on your TikTok, by the way, you do budget travel tips in some of your videos. So clever, so needed. I feel like that could almost be its own spinoff business for you, like Budget University Travel Edition. I I don't know. You guys, go check out these videos. For anyone listening, a lot of people listen to this are digital nomads or whatever. What are a couple of your budgeted travel tips you would give to them? Rule number one that I tell people, go to the airport and book your ticket. And because especially with Spirit Airlines, it's super cheap. For example, mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I, I, I am high maintenance, but my thing is when it comes mm-hmm. to high maintenance, know where you're spending your money at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, assets versus liabilities. I'm just trying to get there in one piece. So I'm like, you know what? But yeah. you are going to get what you pay for. So perfect example. I live in Dallas area. Dallas to Vegas, it costs us $46 round trip. And we bought our ticket from the airport. Oh my God. I walked in there and everybody else, I paid $300 for this ticket, honey. I'm $46. Just get me on here and I'm going by my business. Stuff like that. That's rule number one. Buy your ticket there. Rule number two is do your homework. When you are traveling, does this place offer free breakfast? Because if you think Mm -hmm. about it, I'm a free breakfast girl. You're going to have yogurts, bagels, toast, jelly, all that stuff, apples, fruit. Take that to your room and that could be like your lunch snack. So now you didn't save money on breakfast lunch and all you have to do is buy dinner or you know midnight snacks or something so I always go with free breakfast at hotels because I load up breakfast you can have breakfast at what nine ten o'clock in the morning and you're good till three four o'clock yeah you know I always say that especially with tours you know put that apple in your purse put those bag of chips in your purse eat it and go about your business and you didn't save money Another thing is that people are like, oh, but I want to do a tour. I want to do a tour. Sign up for group tours. Get other people. If you if you hear, be, be a people person. One time we were in LA and we wanted to do that Hollywood tour. So we were like, okay, cool. So me and my sister found another couple in front of us and they were doing it too. And we were like, do you just want to all go our tickets together and just do like the party of four? And we all saved like 15 bucks because we did it all yeah. together. So it's just important to just do your homework, do your research. Mm-hmm. Groupon is your best friend. Travel, the Travelocity app is your best friend. See what see what discounts are in there. You literally never know and always do it in advance. And that's what I tell people. Look it up. What discount codes are available? What coupons are available? Yeah. And go from there. I know. I, I think people today get almost kind of brainwashed from social media because they think like if they travel, it's supposed to be this amazing, luxurious, Instagrammable experience where I've had plenty of travel experiences that are anything but glamorous. Pretty much most of them. That's kind of what I love about them, though. Yeah. So, I, yeah, like that's a great tip. Like just stock up on food. Who cares if someone sees you like running to your room with bagels in your purse? Like I, do it. Like. <laughs> We all need nourishment. Like, you don't need to be embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's dive into, I really want to talk to you about financial literacy and generational wealth. These are spicy, hot topics today that I think should be talked about. So we'll we'll start off with the generational wealth one. Side note, I saw you post about Airbnb as a, a means to create passive income for people. Are you hot on the Airbnb train? 
So I'm hot on the Airbnb train, but I have actually laid low on it because I have, I would say hit the jackpot. My, um, I'm in a, I live in a house. I have my own house. And so I Airbnb to room out to a young mm. lady that is a nurse and she was out here where COVID hit. So she mm-hmm. was like, can I stay longer? So she booked the Airbnb out for like four months because she's a traveler wow. and her contract extended. So I was like, you know what? Perfect. And we get along yeah. great. I'm working. She works and that's it. But I tell people all the time, if you are comfortable with it and you have it, do it. And, you know, it was a lot of backlash that came with that post. So um, perfect opportunity to clear it up. A lot of people don't know, but you're a witness. TikTok only gives you a maximum amount of time to write right. to say what you have to say. Right. So it was very vague. But the key words is in the in the post was to do your research, do your research and make sure that the Airbnb rents out to corporate leasing if it is not your own real estate property. If it is your own real estate property, make sure you read your HOA contract. And that's a different story. But if they do re- lease out to corporate leases, make sure it's a corporate lease. If the company says they do not do corporate leasings, then you're not going to do it. And you're going to go to someone that does. And there is a whole website on there. I believe it's called Blue Corporate Leasing, which gives you a list of cities and states on who does the corporate leasings and what buildings. And it could be amazing. I tell people you're a photographer, event owner. Do the space. I know people that are chefs here in Dallas and that you book them through Airbnb and they cook for you and they have the whole nine yards. And I think it's amazing. Oh, okay. They do like the Airbnb experience side of it. And like they're a chef and it's like, okay, but I want, say say you have a breakfast, like a birthday brunch. So you will book your birthday brunch through their event at their Airbnb and they cook for you and that's their business. So I feel like that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I just started to Airbnb my house because I travel around so much and I got destroyed in the comment section when I posted it saying that by me Airbnb, I'm displacing people. What What is your take on that side of Airbnb where people are saying it's making it harder for other people to buy homes? How do you feel about that? I feel like people need to do their research because that's not true. As a homeowner and you're a homeowner as well, the process is your underwriter will call you and ask you questions to get your debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. If you do the math correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but Mm -hmm. if I do the math correctly and my underwriter asks me, how much is your rent? I'm going to tell them I don't have rent because I don't. Right. I, I Airbnb from Shelby or I Airbnb from Alex. So technically I don't have rent and I didn't sign a contract. So my debt to income ratio has now gone down. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not displacing anyone. I'm actually helping you become a better homeowner and get a better interest rate because you don't have rent. Yeah. I mean, right. Like I, I, I just, yeah. When people started flipping out at me about that, I was like, okay, hang on a second here. Like, don't we all want women to own more stuff? I mean, don't we want... You would think. And if and if Airbnb was so illegal and it was so negative, it would not still be running today. Right. And it's so crazy because people are like, well, you're, you're doing, you're at, you're exiting out the hotel industry. No, because Airbnb is just cheaper. When you go out of town and you travel out of town, Madrid has beautiful Airbnbs. Paris has gorgeous Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. That's what people do. And it's yeah. real, real estate. But if I'm also knocking that out, you should also be upset with the people that are flipping homes as well because 
because right. they're buying these homes for $50,000 that are now turning into $200,000 homes. So you should also be upset with the flippers because they, you know, you have turned a $50,000 house into a $200,000 property. But now you're telling me that someone could have got this $50,000 property and lived there, but I, fi- I fixed it up. So you should be mad at those individuals as well, right. raising the price market in the neighborhood. Totally. And I'm like, you, you also should be mad at your local government officials who have, you know, there's particular areas in our country where it's, you know, they've dropped the ball more than in other areas. So I'm like, go take it up with them and flip out at them that they haven't handled the housing crisis displaced people properly. Yeah, no, I, I was just sitting there like, oh, God, like, should I not post this stuff anymore? Because people are angry at me. They, no. they keep writing like landlordship is not a vibe. That's what they keep writing under it. It, it like, is a vibe because that creates generational wealth, which goes I know. To topic and people don't understand that because I am a witness of generational wealth. I am a living testimony of generational wealth. My grandmother had properties. We, My family had properties. We had a street named after my great grandfather. Nice. That's just how it is. Generational yeah. wealth is property. It's the easiest way. I bought my home for 192. It's now 307. So now I'm sitting on $100,000 in equity plus. That yeah. is generational wealth because whether I want to refinance my house, refinance it, use that money, go buy another property, run it out to some students here in Dallas, I'm creating generational wealth and avenues because I'm having properties in my name. But what yeah. people don't understand is that it's landlordship and being a homeowner and real estate is the easiest way to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. But you know, it goes into financial literacy because mm-hmm. unfortunately we go to neighborhoods that are not as financial literate, mm-hmm. financial literate when it comes to things. So what happens is that we see neighborhoods that are close to pe- close to places like in Miami, Florida, where I was born and raised over mm-hmm. near South Beach. So what we do is that we knock on their doors and tell them, hey, I'll give you $150,000 cash right now for your house. That person that is not financially literate is going to say, oh, OK, I'll pack up today. No, right. sweetheart, you didn't even know that you could literally probably get 700000 for this house. So so it yeah. comes into financial literacy. And those are the individuals that we should be upset with. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I Oh, this is, this is a topic. I, I always have to like be careful how deep I go down this rabbit hole. But why do you think it is that there are certain regions, cities, whatever, where financial literacy education is withheld from different groups, you know, why, why do you think that's being done? I, I know this is like a spicy topic, but oh, yeah, it's spicy, but I'm, I'm, I'm very real and I'm very honest. That's why this, yeah. this is so passionate to me. As for me in the African-American community, it honestly goes back, goes back into slavery. So mm-hmm. what you have is back in the days, everything was, everything was divided up. You don't want black. They didn't want African-Americans to read. Certain people can't do this. Certain people can't do that. Yeah. So as we go through it's generations, you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. Now, now that it's through generations, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so, but, but I want to learn. Okay, great. So since you want to learn, this is what you have to do. But now with certain individuals being, being up the ladder more and other individuals are not, the ones that are not as up the ladder have to go back and it's like you, you have a torch. So I have to go back and make sure that my cousins, my greats, my great, great, greats have everything situated. So now I can go up the ladder and break the generational curse. Now it's blocked in it's blocked in areas and neighborhoods and I blame it on 
This is my opinion. I blame it on the school systems. We Mm -hmm. teach everything but financial literacy. We teach everything but education. Granted, everybody's like, but it's Googleable, but it's Googleable. It's not as Googleable because there's still words that need to be broken down. People Mm -hmm. don't know what an interest rate is. People don't know what a homestead exemption is. So now we have to take it all the way back to another level and start feeding people those definitions and giving them reasons on what it is. If this is taught into the school system, individuals in brackets now, individuals in different tax brackets will now have something in common to talk about. And when we talk about it, if I talk to you about it and you talk to me about it, you're going to give me insight and I'm going to give you insight and then we're going to put our insight together. And that, that meshes right there, the diversity. I absolutely agree. It's at the school level. And anyone, any teachers listening to this, I'm not hating on teachers. I'm talking about the education system, not the teachers who are being worked very hard. Do you think, you know, a solution to this problem that clearly is much bigger than one or two people can fix? What do you think of the movement of people homeschooling their kids today? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I was, I was homeschooled for a year before and I love it because homeschooling is I I'm big on knowledge your parents or whomever is homeschooling you is is going to teach you what you need to know on top of the curriculum which is important and I I say right now the school system is based on state test Mm -hmm. whatever state test it is when I was growing up it was the FCAT the Florida comprehensive assessment test whatever it was called Mm -hmm. that's all that we learned about was the FCAT. It was nothing yeah. else, nothing more. So they're not going to teach you how to fix a tire, how to, what, what a credit score is. So no. for me, that's what's important. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I always sit here. I'm so annoying to like get dinner with. Cause this is the stuff I talk about all the time. I don't talk about like hair and nails. I'm like, let's talk about taking down the school system. You know, it makes me think back to what we're still doing the same curriculum that they had created back in the forties and fifties. Which, if you think about it, maybe that made sense at the time, because then the kids would come home and the dad would teach them how to change the tire and the mom would teach them how to bake the bread in the oven. But today, the parents can't, you know, parents are out working their asses off just to make ends meet. So we're still learning this curriculum that's, like, outdated in a lot of ways, and it's not setting anyone up you know, with any favors. And then everyone gets released into the world. They take out credit cards because they're like, oh, cool, I have a credit card. They have $40,000 in debt. And then they're messaging me about freelancing because they don't know what to do. Right. I don't know. You know, it makes me very angry (laughs) that this is happening to everyone. And it makes me just want to have conversations with people about what we can do to fix it, you know? And I feel like what you're doing is obviously important. You're you're spreading financial literacy. You're you're an educator in a way. You provide services, but you're educating people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. You know, kudos to you on that. Do you have a support circle or do you have friends and family who pump you up with this? Because I know sometimes entrepreneurs get like, you know. Yeah, I do. And I and I appreciate my support system. And it's so crazy because now I get to go back to my college, which is Kentucky State University. And I get mm. to talk about you guys, this is what needs to happen because For me, it needs to be implemented, like we were talking about the school system, in kindergarten. In kindergarten, when these kids are getting money from the tooth fairy and et cetera, like, hey, you got $20 today. What are you going to do with your $20? Mommy, I'm going to save $10, and then I'm going to $10 to the ice cream truck. You just taught your child how to pay themselves. That's the Mm -hmm. big thing. That's it. And then it goes into high school. And that's my biggest niche is the high schoolers. We have to teach these seniors. All right. Because that's when you start getting those credit cards, girl, in the mail. 
Yeah. And you know, we have to teach these kids simple things like, all right, you're going to school. It's 20,000 for the semester. Don't pull out 40,000 for the semester so you can get a refund check. Stop it. You know? (laughs) So that, that's why, that's why it's important financial literacy because you can't create generational wealth like that. Yeah. If someone's listening to this right now and they're like, all right, I need to start building this generational wealth. I'm fired up. What would be two or three things you would tell them to go do today? Obviously, without giving away your whole secret formula, of course, because guys, you got to hire her for for her expert knowledge. Two things, pieces of advice I would give them is number one, print off all of your bank statements, your Mm -hmm. pay stubs and your W-2s. And people are like, why am I doing this? And that's my first piece. That's always my first advice, because if you do that and you backtrack from the last two or three years, you're going to see for yourself where your money has gone. Mm. And then I want you to go look, go and break it down into highlighters. Like I tell people, grab three highlighters and grab all your books and stuff and say, oh, my gosh, for the past two years, I have given Amazon two thousand dollars. I have given Walmart Mm $3,000 on crap I didn't even need. Mm -hmm. And that right there is going to show you. And then you have to ask yourself, what could I have done with that three $2,000? You could start a CD account, locked it for 10 years. You could start a lot. So that's the first thing is living below our means, getting our statements together and seeing Mm -hmm. what it is that I need to do. Oh, I feel like that's that like is like doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like that would be like a therapy session. Like people might start like crying. Sorry, I know continue. I think you were gonna say something. You're fine because because that a lot of people are like, Shelby, you know I spent six hundred dollars on Netflix. I'm like, honey, I know. Yeah. That's I'm like, I know. Fix it. That's your cardinal times two or three, whatever it is. And the last thing I tell people to do is make sure your house is in order. Do you have life insurance? Are you guys, do you have an emergency fund? If something mm-hmm. was to happen, like if COVID, Delta, whatever was to happen again, like, are you good for six months? Calculate yep. your bills and times them by six or nine and make sure that you're okay. And that's it. And that's, that's literally what I tell people to do, those two things. Because if you have life insurance, you're securing yourself and you're securing your family for generational wealth. I love it. Man, you were like, you just got this on lock. Like, Guys, if you want to hire someone who knows exactly what they're doing with money management, all that good stuff, I can tell you, like, she, you know your stuff. Real quick for people listening, do you want to just give a run through of the services that you offer on your website? Because it's a lot of them. Yes. So budgetuniversityonline.com is a financial literacy getaway program. You subscribe to it and you have access to create your own account and it's programs and credit. Credit is going to be, when you click on that tab, we have all of your dispute letters already written up, just fill in the blanks. Life insurance tab, it's going to give you your own calculator. How much debt are you in? Do you pay alimony? Do you pay child support? Do you do this? Do you do that? All that's going to calculate for you and tell you how much of a life insurance policy you need or we suggest that you need to leave so you can create a future for your kids. On top of that, you have access to the budget university lawyer. Our lawyer has typed up a living will. So a lot of people will have to get in contact for a lawyer that's three four thousand dollars you can do a will yourself and all you do is print it off 
fill in the blanks mm. and get it, file, get it filed, have your witnesses and get it notarized. 25 bucks, put it in your home safe. If something was to happen to you, up oh, she has a will. They have a will and everything's there. Stop fighting over frivolous stuff. It's not worth it. Student loan calculator. We have my favorite one. It has all the colleges lined up. So say your child's going to college is like Florida State or Minnesota State, whatever it is. You'll click those two colleges, compare and contrast all the colleges, see where your money is going, see what the mm-hmm. graduation rate is, what are the ACT scores, and then you'll see how much students are paying when they graduate from that and what the difference is in tuition rate. Oh my gosh, it goes on. Real estate, like I just said, how, how do you want your house? The documents are in there, what documents you need. There's three interviews in there, an underwriter interview that I did, a real estate interview, and a lender. So I'm mm-hmm. interviewing these three people in there and they give you literally the back end of everything. If, if you have a question on why your home, why your application is not getting approved, why you can't get this amount of money, they tell you right then and there. And one gem that I am going to drop is stop buying homes with two incomes together. Do it with one less income. Because if one person can get approved for $300,000, you are living below your means. So if that person loses their job, guess what happens? You can still afford that house with just one, one income because that's what you got it with. So that, mm-hmm. that's another thing. So yeah, it just, it offers so many services. Oh man, that this is that's amazing. Guys, take her up on all of these resources, like incredible value. Where can they find you on social media? Social media, I'm on IG at Budget University. Facebook, we have an amazing Facebook group with like 3,000 people in there. It's Budget University. It is a private group. Just because we want you guys to answer that one question is I respect everybody because I want people to know. You might not know something. Somebody might know it. Don't bash them. Don't call them stupid. That's all we agree on. You're welcome in the group. And it's so much in that group. Like People actually post like their personal mortgage statements and like, how can I get this down? And you have lenders in there like, Hey, do this, make this phone call. That group right there to me is life changing for me. I love that group. And then of course, TikTok at budget university. So yeah. All right. Awesome. And then final send off. What is your favorite quote or words of encouragement for someone listening to this? Just feeling down about everything right now. My favorite quote of encouragement, honestly, is the best is yet to come. Oh, I love that one. The I say that all the time. Truly. It doesn't matter what you're in right now. You could be like, oh my God, the best is yet to come. Your tomorrow is not going to be yesterday. I love it. The best is yet to come. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you, Alex. <laughs>